0: Sheena, and I'm Lori, and this is Cemetery Row. The
1: eclipse came for our asses
2: today. (laughs) Well, Sheena's especially, man. Exactly. Yeah, I had some computer issues, but we're back up and running. It's okay. You know, I had to do that thing where you, uh, stop, you turn it off and turn it back on again. Yeah. Restart restart yeah. <laughs> i was trying to think of the line from it crowd have you oh, tried yeah. turning you t- it on and off again yes. <laughs> yes i was like i've only watched that show five billion times exactly. how do i not know it perfectly but i also have a headache it's been a long day
0: <sighs> it's been a okay. long kind of week, week. Yeah. this week very was bad, six long months week. long yes, yeah. it no. yes it was
2: yes it was um, so this week we are covering uh monuments that list the cause of death i don't know about y'all but some of my stories are kind of funny but I not. had so much
0: fun with this <laughs> i think this is my favorite one I've done
2: yay this so. one is bananas and nobody died. well
1: i mean people die but they have to die sure. nobody dies
0: <laughs> we're only talking about dead people but nobody
2: yeah, so, I don't have any murder either, come to think of it. I mean, there's no kitty mutilation
0: this time. That's good. That's good. I'm <laughs> there
2: so you go. Proud
0: of, I'm so proud of you, Hannah. I know. But Hannah's growing
2: as a person, y'all. I yes. am. <laughs> um, a couple of things before we get started. Um, if you are in the Memphis area, or actually anywhere, this story has traveled far outside of Memphis, you may have heard that rapper Young Dolph was killed in Memphis this week um, at Makeda's Cookies which is um in Memphis and they make delicious cookies um but I'm just really sad about his death he was um you know every time you heard about him he was in Memphis doing something good he was you know literally just like giving away turkeys for Thanksgiving and you know stuff like that like he was just a good guy and always gave back to the community and um I know that the cookie company is hurting. Obviously, they saw the entire thing go down. Uh, they have closed their business for a little while, I think, to out of respect um, for, for Dolph and his family. And they have a GoFundMe up now, which will pay for their employees and some therapy and some rebuilding that they need to do. Because, of course, when you pull machine guns on people, then...
0: Your store gets a little messed up. Um, There's some and damage and, sh- and pulling yeah. all the evidence and yeah. stuff they had to get out of there. So we'll yeah. post it on our socials and in the show notes. The link. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Please, yeah, please go give to the cookie company in Memphis. It's a locally owned and black owned business and they've been in business for a long time and they, they're just wonderful, good people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sending our love out to young Dolph and his family. Yes, absolutely.
0: And on another true crime-ish note, you know, everybody, season two of Tiger King came out last week. And of course, my husband and I binged it because it's the one true crime adjacent uh, docu-series that we uh, can get along and watch. Um, And I was very surprised, but happy to see uh, Mississippi representing with um, investigative reporter Jerry Mitchell. We met him, we've met him, we love him, um, and he's doing the damn thing, trying to figure out where the hell Don Lewis, Carol Baskin's first, second husband is, or what happened to him. So not as not as out there and exciting as season one, but again, it was really interesting and really cool to see um a Mississippi journalist featured so heavily in this uh new season. So Woo-hoo, yay, yeah. Jerry Mitchell. Woo-hoo. And You know,
2: he has it feels like throughout my entire life, and I hope I'm not aging him when I say that, <laughs> but it seems like he has done so much work and help in helping close a lot of cases. And, exactly. And, and as you say, doing the thing. I mean, he helped get Byron back with who um killed Maker Evers. You know, he did so much mm-hmm. important reporting there. So much stuff. I mean, he's he's the reporter that as a baby reporter, you're like if only I could get to that level. Exactly. We learn about him at Old Miss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He He's is a legend. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Yeah. Anything else, ladies? Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Oh, yeah. That too. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: Eat some turkey.
2: Yeah. And uh, listen to indigenous voices and amplify them, please. Exactly. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, Cemetery row mascot. Queen Tabitha has some medical problems, so if you could send us love and light so my sweet girl has a easy time, I would appreciate it.
2: Yes, please. We we love our potato. Yes. Yes. She's a good girl. She's the best girl. Absolutely.
1: Best damn potato you'll ever meet. (laughs) Heck yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay, so are we ready to get started? Yes, ma'am. Let's do it. Woohoo! No one's wooed yet. <laughs> Dang it, I do it. There we go.
1: <laughs> Every time I say let's do it, I'm trying to do the tone low voice and I cannot because <laughs> I don't have testicles. So <laughs> <laughs>
2: my voice won't go that low. Um, but just imagine. Yeah, gotcha. I'm right there <laughs> with you. Um, so I think all of us have, not, maybe not Hannah, but I know me and Lori have multiple stories because in all of these cases, uh, the stories were fairly short. So I thought, well, instead of just telling a short story, I'll tell three short stories. Yes.
0: So I'm excited. Do. <laughs>
2: um, And for the first two stories, we are going to be at Elmwood Cemetery in Memphis, my home cemetery, I like to call it. Yes. <laughs> um, so picture it, Elmwood Cemetery in Memphis. So as we all know, women's rights over their own bodies are constantly being challenged. Mm -hmm. We are still fighting for the right to make our own decisions about our own bodies, proving that in some ways, uh, some things, very few things have changed in 145 years. And at Elmwood, you will see a stone that relays that very sadly, very tragically uh there's a woman buried at elmwood um her stone reads kate mccormick that was technically not her real name her real last name was simpson oh um (laughs) uh, no relation i'm sure no relation yeah but um i think she went by that because what happened was supposedly um you know they thought her reputation was ruined which it wasn't but that we're, we're getting to that anyway yeah uh, Kate McCormick was born in 1855 in Humboldt, Tennessee, and as, her, I, d- I don't know much about her life besides the fact that, as her monument says, she was seduced at about age 20 by a friend of her father's, and Whoa. yeah, I can't help but wonder if that was rape. All of my say dad's it. friends are disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, I would apologize to your dad's friends, but I don't know them, so (laughs) you don't want to, they're disgusting. (laughs) Great, (laughs) anyway. Um, so of course, as what happens when that happens, uh, well, sometimes at least, uh, Kate became pregnant and she traveled from Humboldt to Memphis to, for one, to save her reputation, but for two, to also have an abortion. And she was staying in a boarding house in town, and at some point, she goes to see a doctor, D.S. Johnson, to have an abortion. And of course, as we all know, no one can have safe abortions while the practice is illegal, and this abortion was not safe. Uh, Kate claimed she paid him $25 for a medicine that would terminate the pregnancy. And back at the boarding house, she miscarried, and a doctor was called, um, she gave birth to a baby. It was stillborn, but oh, they God. couldn't stop the bleeding. So as she's laying there dying, she's very upset. She knows she's dying. And she tells the woman who's over the boarding house, what happened? She, this is, this was her version of the story was that she came here, went to Dr. DS Johnson. She paid him money. He gave her medicine. This is where we are. Right. Um, and she also mentioned to the doctor that no one knew she was in Memphis except for her mother. And it was determined that the, megas- the medicine given to her was an acetate of lead and morphine. Oh, fuck. Oh my God. So yeah, no wonder it killed her and her child. Yeah. So Dr. Johnson claimed he did, he told her he would not give her an abortion. He would not. Help her do this, all mm-hmm. of this. He also said that her pregnancy was too far along for a successful termination. I'm Which not sure probably. I mean,
0: yeah, I mean if she gave birth, she had if to be if
1: it was like visually a baby, yeah, the medication abortion would have done absolutely nothing other than yeah, I don't know, make her have a miscarriage and then hemorrhage to death.
2: Yeah, I'm not really sure exactly the timeline, right, right. specifically.
1: Well, and back um, in the day, they didn't know until they felt a the little sucker moving. Mm-hmm. Right. And by then you're pretty, Lori yeah. has been pregnant of all of us. Yeah, so she would yeah. know, Probably, uh you're a ways along when that yeah. happens.
0: I was about 20 weeks. So, right. So yeah. Yeah. that's halfway so, there. So, right.
2: So Dr. Johnson was charged with the murder of both Kate and her baby, um, I am not really sure if he was ever officially, you know, mm-hmm. if they if they found him guilty. I kind of don't care or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, the point to me is this woman needed this medical procedure. He completely ruined it and messed it up, and she's dead. So, right? Yeah. Supposedly, the father of the child was George Burgess, and um, he. <laughs> the way it was worded failed to show interest in the disposition of her remains and um wow supposedly what the her mother does that mean he would not claim her body no one would oh um fuck. supposedly her mother um went there but according to this newspaper report quote return the mother returned to humboldt seemingly not feeling any more interest in the dead and having no desire to pay the last sad tribute of ashes for her daughter um and was evidently quote more troubled about the publicity given to the affair than about the fate of her airing an unfortunate child what an asshole yeah so no one was there for kate um and a local newspaper reporter and a local saloon order owner <laughs> paid mm-hmm. for Kate's burial at Elmwood. She, um, she died in 1875. Uh, she did not have a marker until 1997 when a oh, volunteer wow. paid for her marker. And her marker tells her story. It says, Kate McCormick, seduced and pregnant by her father's friend, unwed, she died from abortion, her only choice abandoned in life and death by family with but a single rose from her mother buried only through the kindness of unknown benefactors died february 1875 age 21 victim of an unforgiving society have mercy on us oh man
0: Mm. that's heartbreaking
2: yeah i've heard that the line about the single rose from her mother is a lie really yeah that her mother would not even
0: give Give her her that.
2: that Uh, so if you are ever in Elmwood, I believe her uh, monument is on the audio. Go tour take piece. Kate some flowers. Yeah. I always like to stop by and visit her because she's. That's a hard way to go. That's a hard way to go. And I mean, gosh, I, I, I mean, I just can't imagine her last couple of months that had to have been very mm-hmm. terrifying. terrifying. I mean, I had a. I. It was what I still worked at
1: when I worked at the nonprofit, remember, cause I texted Sheena from the fucking health department and was like, I'm here getting a pregnancy test. I'm about to throw up. <laughs> and it ended yep. up being negative. Thankfully. Um, it was pregnancy tests are more sensitive. They're not necessarily more accurate. So, <laughs> but that shaved a good 10 years off my life. And I had the yeah. means to be able to, I was like, look, I'm going to take a trip to New Orleans, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm going to yeah. handle some shit. And I had the means and ability to do that. I cannot imagine, yeah. you know, and of course it didn't end up. Thankfully, I was like, I just missed a period. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's fucking scary.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and of course, it's, as I said, when abortion is illegal, it is almost impossible to provide someone with a safe one.
1: Right. Um, It doesn't stop them. It just makes them deadly. I mean, they're going to keep having, they had abortion. There's a plant in ancient Rome that went instinct extinct because they kept using it for abortions. Right. Like, so as long as there have been pregnant people, there've been people who did not want to be pregnant.
2: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. So yeah, it's just, it breaks my heart. So yes, please, uh, please give your love to Kate um my next... and protect the right to choose right right that's a crazy idea there gosh <laughs> anyway um, okay the other uh grave that i'm going to talk about very briefly is um a little funnier but probably not to the guy who died oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> oh bless this is one of my favorite stories to tell on tour because like if i have my mic I read it. I read the (laughs) gravestone to them. And then I I turn my mic off and then I whisper the big, like reveal and it it gets a bunch of laughs and it makes me feel funny. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You absolute queen. You. Yes. So at Elmwood, you will find a grave in the Miller section, and this uh, stone reads as follows. William Eastman Spando, 1897 to 1922, killed in a chemical laboratory of Columbia University by an explosion due to the carelessness of others. That epitaph is a lie. Oh, (laughs) go on. Uh, spando's mother florence gage spando uh, had that put on his monument she was trying to save his reputation because in fact william himself caused the explosion was he making math no oh. but this is where like i'll read the monument off and then i'll turn my mic off and be like it was his fault i love it (laughs) william spando was about 24 and he was killed in this explosion um he had studied abroad for much in his life mr fancy Mm pants and he had already earned several degrees from other universities before enrolling in columbia in new york good for him he was a science (laughs) major and in his third year at columbia he was on track to graduate the following february but on november 17th Two days ago, 1922, he and his classmates were working in the laboratory when the explosion occurred. And this is a direct quote from the AP. Spando, who was standing over the autoclave, was catapulted across the laboratory. The force of the explosion damaged the building. The autoclave filled with aniline, I don't know if I'm saying that right, and hydrochloride was being heated by a portable gas jet. Profe- professor hickson in charge of the class left for lunch and it was spando <laughs> oh, and the probably a meaning. good decision uh he instructed spando to remove the gas flame when the gauge reached a certain point oh, instead dear. of removing the gas spando's fellow students said he opened the safety valve releasing <laughs> gases that exploded when caught in the and gla- the gas flame
1: oh spando you Yikes. fucking moron yeah <laughs> I was a journalism major and I'm like, "Mm, no.
2: (laughs) So he was thrown back and he and the other students were hit by tiny, sharp pieces of steel and glass. Yikes. Another student, uh, Reginald Sloan, was uh, he suffered severe burns to his face and hands. Other Mm. students just had minor injuries, but the explosion did damage the room and the windows were knocked out all over the building. God help (laughs) me. The New York Daily News run ran a photo diagram of the accident and it's kind of funny because i don't understand anything in it i'm like this just muddies the water so okay um anyway i'll I'll include that in our social stuff because i think it's kind of funny spando's mother florence who lied on her son's epitaph died in 1959 at the age of 93 she is buried alongside her son and that same grave marker lists her birth and death dates as well yeah, to wrap up
1: okay just take the l on that
2: one honey yeah no, <laughs> yeah like, it's 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 so it's not like he meant to do it jeez. right anyway speaking of fire this is oh. my last story <laughs> oh jeez. um and this grave is not at elmwood this is in aberdeen mississippi oh. um, <laughs> the only i shouldn't say this but the only good thing about aberdeen is the cemetery because there's some crazy graves there the only good people are the dead ones yes pretty well <laughs>
0: oh, um, slap it on a t-shirt
2: <laughs> <laughs> i love it so this grave is at the old aberdeen cemetery um and and as i said that's a fascinating cemetery we'll get to it more later but literally this lady's cause of death is carved into the stone so um Mary Points was born in 1818 in Kentucky, but at some point, I'm not sure how, she wound up living in Aberdeen God bless with her, her husband, Jacob. Yeah. God bless her. So on January 11th, 1852, she was about 33. Uh, she burned to death when her dress oh, caught on shit. fire. Oh, (laughs) my God. She had a bottle of cologne and it overturned. It caught on fire, which then set her dress on fire. And her husband has this exact moment carved into her headstone. It features her standing there. The top half of her is just sort of normal, but the bottom and then all around her are just flames and her face looks, her face looks very like calm. And I'm like, I can guarantee you her face was not calm. We need to double check on that husband. Thank you.
0: When did stop, drop and roll become a thing? Apparently not not in 1952. And everything, as we have discussed, everything was
1: flammable until like 1996.
2: (laughs) Yeah, True. The inscription reads, to my Mary in heaven. And those are my three graves that have the cause of death. That's it! That's all I have. (laughs) Oh, my God. picture of
1: her on fire,
2: and then...
0: Yes. Yeah, that's all I have. That's all I have.
2: I know, I know. Oh, my God. Listen, imagine me being a wee little Sheena and going to the cemetery and being like, Mama, what happened to her? And my mom being like, well, she caught on fire, and I'm like that's what it looks like i'm gonna have nightmares forever
1: thanks oh my for god. sugarcoating
2: that mom Jesus. Yeah. yeah so she that i mean that is literally the monument um i need to go find a picture
0: i so y'all swear can to god this that right is away. so fucking funny yeah that is that is yeah. insane
2: let me go find it but yeah lori <laughs> start on your stories
0: yes so we are going to stay in an elmwood cemetery just not Ooh. sheena's elmwood <laughs> We're going all the way over to Charlotte, North Carolina, oh. where there is another historic Elmwood Cemetery. And there you can find a number of interesting graves, including a five foot tall marble obelisk featuring an elephant standing underneath a palm tree. The stone reads, erected by the members of John Robinson's Circus in memory of John King killed at charlotte north carolina september 27th 1880 by the elephant chief <laughs> okay
1: i didn't know right. they had a hierarchy for the elephants but okay uh no
0: that the elephant's name was chief oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i was picturing like the head elephant oh so <laughs> it was it was chief so you know we said that nobody really gets murdered in our stories but i guess Can an elephant elephant commit murder? Committed murder. Right. Well, and and we'll get to it. So let's just, let's dive right in. Before we get to Mr. John's untimely demise, let's learn a little bit about the circus circus itself. The John Robinson Circus was one of the oldest family-owned circuses in the country. It was founded in 1842 and was owned and operated by four generations of John Robinsons holy shit real original with the family name there
2: <laughs> look
1: they
0: knew what they were doing <laughs> yes john robinson one get to john confused. robinson four yes uh it reached the height of its fame in the 1890s and was the first touring circus to own its own rail cars with at least 35 cars needed to move the entire circus from location to location In 1911 or 1916, depending on what source you're looking at. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. It was sold to the American Circus Corporation, which was then sold to the Ringling Brothers Circus in 1929.
1: Okay.
0: And that one was around for quite a while, but that was eventually shut down in 2017. Yes. Yes. So back to John King. I don't know anything about this man. Other than the fact that he was the elephant trainer for the John Robinson circus and was responsible for the bull elephant named chief, <laughs> his mate named Mary and their Aww. calf who they just called the boy. <laughs>
2: okay. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, sure. there, lots of a rich, naming things, right? He was an Asian elephant who had been captured in the wild in 1872 and shipped to America, where he was okay. Aven- well, this
1: is just karma coming home right. to roost. No, okay, it's, it's all it's all
0: karma from here. Um, he was purchased by the Cincinnati-based circus. He was notoriously ill-tempered, and is be- it, it is believed that he was going through something called must. Uh, when this incident occurred which is a period of time in which a male elephant's hormones surge they're very (laughs) horny yes and it's (laughs) right around mating season right there are some records that claim king was abusive toward the elephant which could have played a role in what happened next. I do not doubt that they beat these elephants. It was the 1800s. They were uh, still doing it up until 2017. Right, yeah. exactly. So on September 27th, 1880, while preparing for the first of two shows in Charlotte, Chief decided he had had enough and charged at King, crushing him into the side of a rail car. Oof. The enraged elephant then charged through town before being caught, and they tied him to Mary, which was his mate. Right. And then uh, one of the um, accounts I was reading said that on the way back to the camp, Mary was beating him with her trunk. (laughs) Like, you asshole. (laughs) Basically, like, what the fuck, chief? (laughs) Chief did nothing wrong. Right. Right. So his the king's funeral was held in Charlotte four white horses carried him to his final resting place at Elmwood Cemetery he was buried um i think it was like within days of the incident and um he was killed practically instantly like well, he, 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 he did not suffer uh the circus per- purchased the ornate monument and went on their merry way Chief never performed again, but he remained with the circus for a short time before they shipped his ass off to the Cincinnati Zoo because he kept throwing bricks at caretakers.
2: <laughs> I, I love you, like Chief. I like this <laughs> elephant. I love yes. you, Chief. He's You're a, a my punk rock favorite. elephant.
0: Yes. Zoo life did not improve his temperament. He continued to be aggressive with zookeepers, and it was decided in December of 1890 that he should be sentenced to death. What? <gasps>
1: no chief did nothing wrong yeah exactly
0: yes (laughs) uh now there there were a couple of things i read that claimed chief had killed two other keepers after king but there was no like official source trustworthy dependable source that i would say i want to see the
1: receipt yeah
0: yeah give me the receipt show show me what's going on here so on tuesday december 9th the president of the zoo granted permission to put the elephant down. That oh, evening.
1: This, it's not what I think it is, is it? I don't know. Okay, no, 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 going. no.
0: I, I, it's not electrocution. Okay. That's <laughs> was that like, was Edison yeah. and his shit. Yeah. I, was no, like, no, Please, this, I, I don't even. Yeah. No, I didn't even go into that. that okay. <laughs> this is um, so that evening, a so called expert marksman shot Ooh. Chief in the head no fewer than 11 times. What? Jesus. But the elephant did not fall. In fact, his temperament noticeably improved with the gaping wound in his head.
1: Well, maybe that was it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was decided, you know what? We just need to try again tomorrow. (sighs) His skull is too thick. We can't do it. Uh, So that next morning, three gunmen attempted to finish the job by shooting him in the heart. Could they find it? They actually marked it with paint where they oh thought God. the best place would be to shoot. They tried three times Oh my and they God. could not bring the elephant down. So finally, one of the gunmen stepped closer and shot him behind the ear. OMG. An article in the Cincinnati Enquirer reported this. Quote, of course this happened in Ohio. Chief let out. A terrible screech. Those who heard it will never forget it. The shot settled him and the vicious beast on his left side, almost rolling onto his back, shaking the wooden building. There was a yell of triumph from the crowd. End quote. We were savages. Mm -hmm. Y'all, this is just terrible. What happens next? So his body was dissected by a local veterinarian and several hotels and restaurants around the city purchased (gasps) cuts of meat. To serve up to hungry guests.
1: Okay, I'm disgusted. I'm more disgusted than the cannibalism. I'm going to be honest. Oh,
0: yeah. I I hate hate this story. (laughs) No, it's Lori. No, no, no. It's it's pretty terrible. It's pretty terrible. A few days following the elephant's death, a group of reporters from the Inquirer and the Commercial Gazette got to taste elephant meat firsthand in a dinner held at S.A. Morrow's restaurant. I hope they choked. The Gazette reported, quote, in the cooking, the little steak shriveled up at an alarming rate. When it was ready for the table, it resembled very much a piece of well-done liver. Gross." The guests ate sparingly of Old Chief at the banquet, for it was noticeable that not more than a nibble was taken from any one steak.
1: Ugh, I hope they had the runs afterward.
0: (laughs) However, the New York Times reported that, quote, on the bill of fare at the palace, in cincinnati one day last week there appeared a rather unusual dainty loin of elephant it was in fact a part of chief the vicious elephant who was shot at the cincinnati zoological garden and was not bad eating as some of the force of this office can testify it was without exception the best roast elephant that any of us had ever tasted so How many fucking roast that. elephants have you tasted? None. You
1: fucking psychopath.
0: It was. No. Oh. Anyway, so what was left of Chief was stuffed and mounted and put on display at the zoo oh, until Jesus. 1902, when it was donated to the University of Cincinnati. He remained there until 1998, when a grant allowed the university to transfer what remained of the elephant, which was just his bones, Mm -hmm. to the Cincinnati Museum Center. And that is the tragic story of Old Chief.
1: Poor Chief. Yes. Justice for Chief.
0: Justice for Chief. Well, get get, get ready for it. So now we're jumping ahead to October 12th, 1920 time. Uh, 1929, and <laughs> the town of Corsicana, Texas. Oh, boy. The Barn Circus, which was also owned by Ringling Brothers, was in town, and there was a parade going through town with all of the animals, performers, everything. The former elephant trainer was a man named H.D. Curly Pickett, and he had left the circus about a year previously to work with a wealthy local woman named Ava Speed Donahue. Um, he had been given permission to lead the elephants during the parade, which included the Indian bull elephant Black Diamond, who Pickett had trained for seven years. Um, again, Black Diamond was notoriously aggressive. And it's had, almost
1: like bull elephants have attitude problems. Right.
0: And he had allegedly already killed two people before this day. Again no it's real a, receipts to back that I, up
2: I, I, I don't like all of this uh elephant reputations
0: right slander it's not his slander his tusks were cut short and there was a metal bar attached across them which hindered his trunk's movement
2: oh my god
0: he that was so also funny. chained between two female elephants as it thought it, as it was thought that those ladies would help keep him calm.
2: Oh, geez. What this of elephant course. was
0: doing in a circus when he had the temperament of an elephant, a wild animal that should not be paraded around for humans' amusements, but whatever. Do you notice
2: how even an elephant's women have to, <laughs> to control be the, the emotional- support, control, whatever, for a man. Yes, yes. <laughs> anyway.
1: Patriarchy yep. in the elephant community.
0: Exactly. Yep. Now, reports differ as to what happened next, but in all versions of the story, Pickett stopped at Donahue to say hello or allow her to pet the elephant up close. Black Diamond, who was also believed to be in his must phase.
1: Y'all! <laughs>
0: threw Pickett into the air and broke his wrist. Pickett was not killed. But then he grabbed Donahue and crushed her to death. Good for him. Well, you know... (laughs) <laughs> other handlers were able to stop his rampage and drag him back to the circus grounds where guards kept watch over him in his rail car because hundreds of locals stormed the grounds demanding that the elephant be killed and shouting that he wouldn't make it out of Corsicana alive
1: of course oh Texans were gonna lynch a fucking elephant it <laughs> sounds like Texas. that is a Texas thing to happen
0: Yes. So not long after this incident, John Ringling instructed that Black Diamond be put down in quote some humane way. Oh, jeez! And, and you should have seen the shit they were coming up with. Oh, we'll oh, drown man. him. Oh, we'll uh, we'll will quarter him using what? elephants. Uh, it was it was just bonkers shit. Um, so it was determined that he would be killed by a firing squad. Um, it took anywhere from fifty to a hundred and seventy shots to take down the giant, and a mad dash of onlookers all fought for a piece of his corpse. Ugh, wow. that's wow. disgusting now, Donna, who was buried at Oakwood Cemetery in Corsicana, and her headstone does note that she was killed by Al G Barnes Circus Elephant, <laughs> so it does tie back into our theme this week
1: I mean. As I have said in the group chat, if I'm killed by an elephant, I want a note made of that
0: somewhere. (laughs) Someone needs to know. I
1: need that written down.
0: The elephant's remains wound up in a number of different hands. A leg was turned into a stool that is now displayed in a museum close to Corsicana. Um, Sometime in the mid-90s, a wackadoo named Carmack Watkins Um, who had actually witnessed the parade um, where Black Diamond killed Donahue. Um, He was five years old, sitting on his daddy's shoulders. Um, He learned that the, um, or he didn't learn, I'm sorry. He decided that he had to own whatever was left of Black Diamond. And then he learned that the elephant's head had been stuffed and was being stored in the basement of the Houston Museum of Natural Science. (laughs) Okay. So the the wealthy Watkins used his (coughs) connections to have the head, quote, assigned to his personal museum that he called the Trophy Room.
1: Oh, Jesus. I hate him already. So
0: he was on Roadside America. You could stop by anytime to see the head of um, Black Diamond and then other Trophy animals, which I'm sure was just disturbing as fuck. Yes, yeah. um, as of 2015, the zoo was closed to the public, and I did see uh an article where Carmack Watkins died on November 23rd, 2018, at the age of 93. And yep. I don't, so I don't know where Black Diamond is. You know, yes. hope hopefully he's been put to rest, but he's probably rotting in someone's basement.
1: And I'm going on record that if you trophy hunt, you suck.
0: Yeah. You're mm, anyway. yep. (laughs) Okay. And so we're going to end this with a little bit of statistics from that thing we used to call an encyclopedia. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Look it up, kids.
0: Yes. So according to an article on Britannica.com.
1: Ooh, there's a throwback.
0: Elephants are the second most deadly mammal, claiming between 100 and 500 victims each year.
1: Is hippo Who? the first?
0: No, they're Dolphins. even above hippos. Nope. Oh. You give up? Who? Nope. Humans. Humans. Oh. Humans. You're right, Sheena. <laughs>
1: always. Always. Second
0: only to humans, second only to man. So. Number one. Number one. <laughs> most of these deaths occur in the wild you know someone walks upon um somewhere they shouldn't elephant gets mad goes on a rampage um but we've learned today elephants can attack in any place or situation so <laughs> i think fuck the, around yeah i think the moral of the story here is to leave fucking elephants alone yeah. don't make them perform for our amusement and stay the fuck out of Africa and the jungles of India and Asia, unless you want to potentially square up against an angry pachyderm. So I love it. I love that it. is it. My murdering elephants who were done wrong because they were in a place they shouldn't be. If, Jurassic, exactly. if the Jurassic Park movies taught, us, taught us anything, anything <laughs> history is, you know, leave it in the past, and leave the fucking elephants where they live. Don't don't try to make them your or hell. Even Tiger King, don't try to make wild animals your pets for your own amusement, no. your entertainment, because they will kill you.
1: It's yep. going to be the place stupid games win stupid prizes. Concept exactly out. exactly.
0: So, Hannah, you've been teasing us all week about this bat shit crazy. Oh my story god! You have, so let's okay get Already. into it. Let's do it.
1: Drop in fuckers. <laughs> okay. No cannibalism or titty mutilation this time, though. So Thank you're God, really welcome.
0: Man. I had nightmares after that last one. <laughs> I'm telling you.
1: But so just imagine Gwen Stefani singing, This shit is bananas <laughs> through the whole thing. So in early 1979, picture. <laughs> marjorie balassock saw a photo in life magazine about the Jonestown massacre and had her worst fears confirmed one of the photos looked like her son jerry his wife and her young son she knew in her heart her son was gone jerry had absconded from alabama Where Marjorie had raised him after moving from Biloxi, Mississippi. Biloxi, what, what? Wow. Jerry was in a lot of trouble, both with local authorities and the FBI. He had 13 counts of forgery for writing bad checks. Back in the day, you could do a lot of funny business with checks. Modern technology has rendered that obsolete. I still have a checkbook. I have maybe taken it out of my purse twice in the past five years.
0: I have to write checks for daycare, so I have to keep a checkbook. It's like the one thing I have to use it for. Yeah, it's just
1: like, I think
0: I had to do like a rent deposit
1: with it Mm -hmm. or some shit. (laughs) It's It's crazy,
0: yeah.
1: But... Even if, like, you write a check at a grocery store, they use the image of that Mm -hmm. check to process it, so it's not waiting on the paper check anymore. Mm -mm. Back in the day, you could really get away with some shit. Um, Says somebody who used to play beat the bank with my rent (laughs) check. Exactly. Um, The FBI's Jonestown Task Force told Marjorie that her son was not among the identified dead and couldn't be found among the unidentified dead. She had sent dental x-rays, other x-rays of injuries he had that we'll talk about. And they said, no, we don't have anything that matches that. But she was undeterred. Even when the unidentified bodies were brought to Oakland, California to be buried in a mass grave, she couldn't find him. But that didn't mean to her that he wasn't there. Marjorie ordered a tombstone and placed it next to her deceased husband in Maple Hill Cemetery in Huntsville with the epitaph, Jerry Bibb Balasok, born September 8th, 1955. Murdered in Guyana, November 18th, 1978. Buried in Oakland, California, May 1979. And then in all caps, damn the State Department. (laughs) Marjorie was pissed.
0: Yep. Sounds like it.
1: Marjorie herself would pass away in 1983 and would be buried with her husband next to their son's empty grave. We're going to do some time machine music. In 1989, officials in King County, Washington, arrested and tried a man named Ricky Weta for the attempted murder of his stepson's friends. He was fingerprinted. And then the truth came out. Ricky was Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry's flim flammery hadn't begun or ended with the Czech shenanigans in Alabama in the 70s. An argument could be made that his first shot at fraud was his professional wrestling career. (laughs) Yes, we're going to talk about wrestling too. I love it. (laughs)
2: B-A-N-A-N-A-S.
1: Exactly. That's not the first. So all of us being natives of the greater Memphis area uh, are familiar with Memphis wrestling. Yeah. Which is the best thing to come on TV (laughs) during the weekends it is low budget it is beautiful it is wonderful you have jerry the king lawler coming from that you're all welcome <laughs> oh. uh his tv or his car dealership commercials were the sound of my childhood <laughs> um so if you can find clips of memphis wrestling on YouTube's or whatever the kids are on these days please watch them because it is camp without Mm -hmm. meaning to be it is like john waters does wrestling it's yeah it really is yeah in 1974 recruited by a wrestling promoter and the university of tampa out of high school jerry faced a conundrum wrestling professionally would make him ineligible to compete at the college level southeastern championship wrestling promoter buddy fuller came (laughs) up with a solution Jerry would wrestle under the name Mr. X with his face completely covered by a mask. <laughs> if the university couldn't tell it was Jerry, his eligibility wouldn't be threatened. He's wearing a mask. You can tell that that's him.
2: Oh, my God.
1: But keep in mind, Jerry was a big dude. Jerry was like 6'1", 300 pounds. Large, large man. Yeah. So Jerry wrestled as Mr. X for a year, saving up money to attend the University of Tampa, hoping to do a, be a walk-on to their uh, wrestling team. However, someone at the university found out and the coaches informed him he would be ineligible to participate in college athletics. It's entirely possible Fuller himself tipped them off to keep Jerry in professional wrestling. He left Southeastern Championship Wrestling soon after. Jerry joined Georgia Championship Wrestling, which whatever image you have in your head is the exact (laughs) correct one. Oh, and Champion Wrestling of Florida.
2: Oh, wow. That's classic. Yes.
1: Still portraying Mr. X, he wrestled what's called a jobber uh, for high profile wrestlers like Dusty Rhodes, who some of us actually know who that is. Um, A jobber is kind of like, you know, a a stooge or a mook or something like that. They're, They're basically there to get beat by the they're the generals to the Harlem Globetrotters. (laughs) It looked good to the crowd to have your face artist beat out a 6one 300 pound masked behemoth Mm -hmm. Um, that ended in January of 1977, when he was terribly injured in a motorcycle accident, resulting in a pin being placed in his pelvis and effectively ending his wrestling career. So those were some of the x-rays that his mother sent to the FBI task force saying, you know, check these bodies for these anomalies. And the FBI task force was like, nobby, Hey, Mm (laughs) Hamlin, With the money still in the bank that he'd saved to attend college, Jerry opened a motorcycle dealership in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm not sure I personally would sell the vehicle that nearly killed me, but Jerry and I are different people. (laughs) It was there that the check shenanigans began. Throughout his wrestling career, Jerry would buy motorcycle parts with fraudulent checks overseas when he was traveling for different matches. Turns out when you commit international check fraud, the FBI takes notice. During this time, he would meet and marry Deborah Kindred, the wife his mother was sure he died with in Guyana. He told Deborah that he planned to flee, and she and her son joined him on the Lamb. That's love. That's love. I'm about to flee from the FBI. You know what, baby? I got you. This is all very Alabama.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: Before he left, he stole the identification documents of his cousin Ricky Weta. You to steal from your cousin. The newly minted Wettas headed to Miami where Jerry wrestled some more on the King Wrestling Circuit. The false Wettas then moved on to the Bahamas and wrestled with the National Wrestling Alliance. Okay. How the hell? And maybe this is just because we have been in a post nine eleven world for so long. But how are you on the FBI's list and you're, like, going to the fucking Bahamas? How's that happening? How Nobody's checking shit. Pre-9-11 times. I'm telling you. Oh, there's more. Believe me. Bahamian authorities caught on, and again, they were on the move. This time they landed in Seattle. Where? Okay, hold on to your butts. Where Jerry got a job with Boeing by falsifying documents to say he graduated from Cambridge University in England. What? He bullshitted his way through the interview with some pretty specific details about aerospace engineering. You could literally make anything up before, like,
0: 2010.
1: Yeah. Like, nobody was checking shit. Like, what the the fuck? And here I feel bad for lying on my resume about Excel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Boeing eventually figured it out, and he was fired. What he did for a living after that is ultimately unknown. He and Deborah would have three children, including a son named John Taylor, who would appear on the reality show Too Fat for Fifteen, fighting back. What? 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 Yeah. Now, now, what is the context of that show? He's too mm. fat for fifteen. It's fat kids.
0: Oh no, too fat. <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Fat. Yeah. I'd
0: oh, <laughs> be any size at fifteen.
2: Jeez.
1: apparently this was during I don't know this was this was a mess
2: oh um, God, I gotta goop this shit
1: <laughs> Google it, Google it. Jerry's mother would die in 1983 and the federal check fraud charges would be dropped in 1984 due to the statute of limitations and the FBI's belief that Jerry was dead in 1988 Jerry was still living as Ricky Wada when he got caught attempting to murder his stepson's friend For some reason, during the initial booking, his fingerprints didn't come back as Jerry, but his true identity would soon be found out. He would be convicted of the attempted murder charges in 1990 and sentenced to 20 years. His conviction would be overturned and then reinstated in 1994. But Jerry wasn't done with the legal system just yet. In 1997, serving as an inmate advocate, he argued and ultimately lost a case before the United States Supreme Court. (laughs) <laughs> he argued that he and his fellow inmates had been denied due process after they had good time taken away as punishment for disciplinary action. So when you hear that somebody got off for good behavior, it's, you know, as long as you're behaving well, they will start taking time off of your sentence in his case they had had some disciplinary infraction and they put time back on. And he was saying that that was a due process thing. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Jerry would be released in 2003 after serving nearly 13 and a half years. Jerry moved for back.
2: trying to kill his son's friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
1: Yes. Jerry moved back to Seattle and legally changed his name to Harrison Raines Hanover. <laughs> Okay. He wasn't done allegedly committing crimes, though. I have to say allegedly for a reason. Mm -hmm. And in 2009, he was implicated in a scheme to defraud First Security Bank of Washington. The formal charges were never never brought against Jerry, Ricky, Harrison, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He then took off to Nicaragua to work for a bank there and took a local woman as a wife. What? When him and Deborah got divorced, I'm not sure. I'm sure it was during the 13 years he was in prison, um, but I don't know. In 2012, whatever he calls himself, was convicted (laughs) of sex crimes charges and sentenced to 24 years in a Granada prison, which sounds not great. (laughs) No. On April 18th, 2013, Jerry Bib Balasok, a.k.a. Mr. X, a.k.a. Ricky Wada, a.k.a. Harrison Reigns Hanover, finally died of heart complications due to extreme heat in the prison. Are you sure? 34 years after his long-suffering mother bought his tombstone. And I have no idea where he is buried or what has been done with his body after he died in the prison. There was actually a, is he dead? We don't fucking know. So that friends is Jerry Bib Balasok.
2: As if um, <laughs> today's uh, news out of Kenosha uh, couldn't prove this point anymore, but um, man, white dudes get away with everything, don't they?
1: Yes. I'm telling you, I'm like, okay, so he's wanted by the FBI for some check shenanigans. He's going to the Bahamas. Yeah. He's a convicted felon, and he went to nicaragua how'd that and work Word for boeing and what the, what the just, <clears throat> i have to show 10 forms of id just to pick up my fucking adhd medicine yep like
0: what the fuck
2: so,
0: yeah so is so, that original
2: tombstone still up in huntsville it is it is oh, still gone. there next
1: to his Poor mom and dad who had no idea what was happening.
2: I like how his life was so bonkers that his mother thought it was 100% plausible that he went down to. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: It totally makes
1: sense. That that makes complete sense to her. Yeah. I mean, it could have. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was bananas.
2: Gee whiz.
1: (laughs) That's something that's what i was telling. every time i researched when i was researching the story every time i got to a new section i was like i'm sorry what <laughs> he did Jeez what now
0: earth.
1: so never feel bad about lying on your resume considering <laughs> yes this motherfucker he didn't even like say you know university of tampa would have been fine no he went to motherfucking Cambridge, okay? Yeah,
2: so did my left toe, dude.
1: Right? Yeah. So next time you feel like lying on a resume, they're not going to fucking check. Just put whatever. <laughs> Just go for it.
2: That's mm-hmm. wild. So yeah. Especially if you're a white dude. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. Oh, exactly.
2: Gee whiz.
1: All right. Had a little bit of everything in there for you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> was, that was pretty was fun. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, this was a fun one. I enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: I was like, and we got wrestling, we got check fraud, we <laughs> have we <got>
0: elephants.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: I love it.
0: Yes. Well.
2: Okay. Well, next week you will need to return so you can hear about shipwrecks. Yes! News, ship news, all kinds of deadly ships killer ships spooky ships all the ships make sure you play the song i'm on a boat
1: (laughs) classic early 2000s yes yep
0: where can they find us you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at cemetery bro pod or if you'd like to share your stories of your favorite local cemeteries or just you know stuff in general you can email us at cemetery road pod at gmail.com
2: absolutely yay yay
1: um we Um, did get good feedback lori lou about your um reincarnation story oh good from last episode um my dear friend joanna has actually sent us a a book to read or she sent us a book title um to check out so about um reincarnation so
0: chill yes,
2: in you. miami i love you thank you yes um so yeah go rate review subscribe all that jazz please leave notes on wherever whatever platform allows you to leave notes and tell us how much you love us absolutely please don't say yes
1: anything. only nice can't things
0: say, can't say be nice. don't
2: say anything at all <laughs> we yes it's been tough lately y'all be nice it has been mm-hmm. it has been and
1: look you know i've had all the constructive criticism <laughs> i can take for this month because november said i eat bet and um <laughs> came from my neck so yeah we need a break and i swear to god speaking of wrestling okay so i have i guess new neighbors um, so I'm sure this whole listening to me record through our super thin walls has been an interesting experience for them. Uh, <laughs> but they've been moving in all day and it legitimately sounds like I don't know, they're fucking wrestling robots in the hallway. <laughs> like, bitch, what are you doing? You're making my door
0: shake. This is not uh, this is not your other neighbor, not the 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 dude. Not the Bitcoin who uses the potty at the
1: same time as me every morning, which is not awkward at all. The Bitcoin bro.
0: No, he's like,
1: (laughs) the the new people are like across the hall from me. Okay. As me and Mr. Bitcoin share a bathroom wall Mm -hmm. and apparently share a pee schedule. So (laughs) it's it's good. It's nice to know. Yes. It's nice to know. It's like, oh, you're pissing too. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) We're
2: bonding. Yes. And speaking of liquid, <laughs> next week for shipwrecks. Yes. Ship thank and you. Thank you Bye. for listening.
0: Bye. Bye.